do 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 poop times what is up everybody it's your boy chris manager and owner of joe burrow tiger king back with this week's edition of the panzer optional dynasty football league poop times podcast uh, got a special episode on deck today. Uh, a couple guests on here uh, with planned Q and A with the one, the only Commissioner Mac Daddy, uh, Seth, and uh, breakdown of the weekly analysis, um, and also you know everybody's favorite segment, the uh, power rankings. So we will get into this uh, with the quickness. Uh, first things first, let's talk about some uh, sections. Um, first thing that we'll talk about is Beer Bitch Watch. Um, at this point in the in the um, season, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious that one team has really made a play for Beer Bitch, and that's Chef Boyer Speed with an impressive 1-6 uh, record. Now, the thing that sucks for, for Chef Boyer Speed is that they have put up uh, 940 points, which is actually not bad. They are better than the ninth place team, the eighth place team, and specifically the third place team. Uh, can you digs at Sucka, who's five and two with 908 points for? What really sucks for Chef Boyer Speed is they have the most points against with 1,103 points. The next closest is is me with 1,042 points against. So. You know, he, he hasn't had bad season as far as points for, just been incredibly unlucky. Teams are having great weeks against him. And at this point in time, you know, unless things turn around, he starts to have an easier record or easier uh, schedule. I think that, you know, we've got a, a pretty clear cut beer bitch here. Um, the bottom four that are vying for playoff spots right now, trying to, you know, work their way into playoff contention Commissioner Mac Daddy at three and four, Stone Cold Freeze Austin at three and four, and uh, Billy O's at three and four. So, and, you know, number, I'm the fifth place team, and Judge Judy's a sixth place team. We're sixth place team. We're three and four as well. So it's not it's not a far reach for them to make the playoffs. But as we saw last year, where I had the worst record in the league and still was not um, the winner of the toilet bowl, that was, you know, Jaron, uh, who did an abysmal job as Beer Bitch. But, um, you know, any one of these three teams could theoretically make it into playoffs. And then from there, it's, you know, it's anybody's ball game once you get to the toilet bowl to see who's going to be the beer bitch. Um, so right now, though, it looks like Chef Boyer Speed work on those beer pouring skills. And um, I look forward to uh, asking you to, you know, fill my cup up uh, the Poconos weekend. As for the Jameis watch, um, the most Jameis-like performance this week actually came from Russell Wilson, I think. He had 32.92 points, which is a very respectable um, performance as far as fantasy points goes, and threw three touchdowns and three interceptions, and they lost the game. So he really checks all the boxes there. He has a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. He put up a lot of fantasy points. He threw for 388 yards. Um, and, and he lost. So those, those are really the, the main things you're looking for when you're looking for the most Jameis like player on the field, um, who's scoring touchdowns and throwing interceptions. We don't just want interceptions. Um, that, that's not what you're looking for here. So, um, Unfortunately for us, you know, you know, who will probably still win the MVP because the NFL has decided that already. Um, you know, he, he's Jameis this week. So, 
Um, that's our opening segment. We've got our beer bitch D speed in the lead and, uh, Russell Wilson playing, uh, channeling his inner Jameis Winston. Um, so let's jump into these, uh, next two, next couple segments of the, of the podcast. Um, start off with the Q and a with commissioner Mac daddy. Yo, what up, man? What up, what up, what up? Not much. So, all right, guys. So we have the owner and manager of Commissioner Mac Daddy and Commissioner of our league, Seth, on the podcast today with us to do a Q&A. Uh, thanks for being on here, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Uh, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Uh, you know, happy to be the voice of the league and, and give the people what they want, answer the burning questions. And and people have been asking for this. Um, I, you know, you might be surprised to hear that people want to hear from you, but people have been I'm asking for this segment. Yeah, I, I I was shocked too. I kept saying no. People don't really want that, but the people have spoken, and you know, well, let's here we are. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. So the first the first question I have for you comes from Josh, and he wants to hear about your thoughts on the league's overall popularity. Um, and if you've been in leagues with this level of popularity before and what you think that, why you think this league has been so popular? I'm not sure. I totally understand the question. If he he means popularity within the league itself or, or outside the league, uh, obviously it's, you know, I'm happy with the state of the league as far as the way everyone inside the league feels about it's everyone's favorite fantasy football league for a reason. Um, you know, you look at the standings. There's a ton of parity. You got you got three teams, I think, tied at the top for first right now. Uh, you got looks like five teams in the middle with the same record. There's really only one embarrassing team. It's bringing shame to the league here at one and six. So, uh, you know, overall, I think the level of competition, number of trades, the the level of shit talking, which is you know expert level at this point in season two is uh, keeping it fun for everybody. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that the trades in particular have been a, a high point of the league. We've seen a lot of trades. So that brings me into the, my next question is, what was the biggest head-scratcher for you as far as trades go? Um, the one that you just didn't didn't really understand. Uh, you know, without going back, it's it's tough to know. See, this is why you got to spoon feed me these questions ahead of time. I, I mean, no, man, no. I want to know your immediate gut gut reactions. Who sending who away? I mean, for me, you know, for me, I, Josh is sending Alvin Kamara back for. Jonathan I'll tell you Taylor, what, I, but that's I, just... I was shocked. I was shocked that the Kamara has moved twice now, right? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, three it's times rare. he moved from Freeze to Jaron to Josh to Jaron. It's rare that you see a player of his caliber move at any point in his career, let alone twice in the same season. So, you know, that's definitely a head scratcher. Uh, I got to say, Nikki Freeze has made several head scratching moves. Uh, I got to throw Freezes under the bus on this one. Um, you know, the league office has certainly been looking into it. It's a little confusing. Um, it's almost one of those situations where, you know, like a lot of David Stern in the NBA, you want to take over the team and for basketball reasons and stop this chaos from happening. But, um, you know, he, he lost Kelsey Kamara and Thielen, three premier players within one year time. So something's going on there. But I guess he's got a strategy and, you know, the league's just going to let him do what he wants to do. Well, I, I like that. I like that commissioner style. 
Uh, is this the first league you've been the commissioner for? Uh, first fantasy football league. I was also commissioned in the fantasy basketball league that you wisely bowed out of after getting your ass kicked in one season. <laughs> I did wisely bow out of that one. <laughs> okay, so so then as far as being a commissioner goes, um, we've had some controversies in this league. The biggest controversy was obviously the um, the belt gate. Uh, what took so long getting Phil's belt? You know, controversy is kind of part of the game. It it's, it's, comes with the territory, uh, you know, when you're going to be the figurehead of a league of this caliber. There's going to be controversy that comes with it, and that's fine. I mean, I, I'm still hearing shit about Gronkate before even getting to Belkate, <laughs> Gronkate. I mean, it, it, listen, sometimes you have to make tough decisions when you're commissioned. And uh, sometimes those decisions result in one or two owners whining like little bitches for the next year. And, uh, you know, most of the time that owner is going to be Josh. Uh, But, you know, there's a league vote and, uh, you know, going to Gronkate at least, there was a league vote. Josh agreed and we proceed the way it is, even though he wants to whine about it now. Um, Everything's done the best interest of the league. And that's that. As far as Beltgate goes, we said from day one, the belt would be presented at the inaugural weekend in the Poconos. Everyone knew that. That's what the announcement was. I don't know where things got mixed up along the way, but the league office stood by that decision from day one, and it delivered. Okay. So there's no – is there – okay, well, let me ask you this way. Is there any truth belt for longer than you let on and that you were at the bar asking girls to come back to your house so you could show them your fantasy football championship belt and telling them, open quote, pants are optional, close quote? Next question. <laughs> next question just like that all right all right next question uh jaron asked this question um he is wondering if you've heard any of the rumors out of uh from tmz he cited uh that ted cochran from oklahoma um has been stalking e and if you have heard these rumors if you have any uh plans for how to keep your manager safe during times like this when you have crazy super fans like that you know, again, I, I've said it before. I'm I'm like a broken record, but it comes with the territory. You got a league this popular. You got you got a rabid fan base out there. Everybody wants to be a part of it, and you got you got hot commodities like uh, Judge Judy who are in the mix here. And of course, you're going to have some fanfare. Is TMZ knocking on the door every morning? Yeah, they are. Do I complain? No, I don't, because it comes with the territory. It's part of this league, and you know, it's it's something that we welcome and we we want the the media attention. And if that's what brings it, then that's fine. Okay, well, I'm I'm here for it. Um, now, as far as as far as Jaron goes, bringing him into this, um, can we just refer to his beer bitch until? until well, yeah. So that's actually okay. That's actually what we're going to talk about. Uh, as the commissioner of the league, do you feel any responsibility when one of the managers has a abysmal showing as beer bitch? Um, and what can we do as a league to rectify that situation going forward where somebody, somebody loses the league and then just doesn't show up as your bitch? Well, of course. I mean, it's something that weighs heavy on me as commissioner. Um, you know, you never want to see the owner who's being punished feel like he got one over on the rest of the league. And, you know, there's been sources that have confirmed that this was part of Jaron's plan and he felt like he, he won and he, he really was the victor here as opposed to the big loser, which he was last year. Um, and, you know, n- none of us have forgotten the piss poor beer bitch performance. And, um, you know, really the overall disappointing participation that the 
Poconos weekend from the beer bitch. Uh, and all, also from, from league mate Josh, who was really an accomplice and, you know, aided and abetted what, what the beer bitch was trying to pull off here. And the league is still investigating. This is not over. This is not over. And we will make sure that he pays his dues, whether it's next year or, uh, or if something comes up before then. Okay. I, I like that answer. Um, last question uh, before we'll get into our next segment. Once uh, we get a chance to get E on the line um, is regarding uh, the performance of some of the players or some of the managers in the league. And if you think that there's any, any um, possible dynasties that you see emerging within this dynasty league, um, you know, I know that Phil and Jaron have both, both have good teams. Um, Josh's team is five and two, but you know, and, and I think currently has the best record in the league history, like overall, you know, between both seasons. It has an asterisk next to it from just overall not scoring a lot this year and playing teams that haven't scored a lot. Um, but any team that's standing out to you right now? You know, there's no team that I think is, is necessarily set up for a dynasty over the next, uh, few years here i mean i think that there's certainly the possibility phil looks great obviously the team looks good uh jaron's team looks pretty good there's ryan's team looks pretty good there's a bunch of teams that look pretty good here moving forward but there's always the reality of injuries and big trades and uh you know teams not performing up to their capabilities so to me my concern is really more over the perennially bad teams I'm really more concerned about the the mats of the worlds, the D speeds of the worlds, who in two years have really failed to put together anything resembling a competitive team. And you know, I'm, we'll see if they get tired of losing and take the easy way out. And you know, if they do, uh, you know, as commissioner, I can promise you that we'll have no problem filling those slots if it comes to it. But okay, so that's a, that's a good answer. And that actually, well, I, I have one more question then. So in teams like that, where where they do bow out. What's to stop them from trading all of their future draft picks away for 2020, 2021, 2022, uh, and, and then bowing out and leaving you with the task of finding somebody to take over an orphan team who also has no future draft picks? Uh, is, there, is there any way to mitigate that? Or is that just kind of the, the uh, risks that we're taking by only having people pay yearly buy-ins? Well, I think if it becomes, it's going to be pretty obvious if, if that level of, uh, I mean, it would have to be some degree of collusion, it sounds like, with what you're referencing in terms of just trading off draft picks at a mass level. And I think if we see that, we'll have to look into it and, and, and figure out what's going on there and if there's more to it than what's on the surface. Um, but I, I don't think we'll have any problem filling any lost slots in this league and you know, I think as a league, we've done a good job of overcoming some controversial decisions, some some difficult situations, just via league vote. And so that's always the fallback for me. Uh, you know, the People's Commission here just trying to do what's best for the league. And if we have a majority vote, even if a couple owners like Josh are not happy, like usual, that's fine by me. Oh, I, I certainly can appreciate that. One more question I forgot to ask. Phil wanted this to know how you feel. Question, by the way. I know, I know, I know. Look, that's just how it goes sometimes. Sometimes questions pop up in my head <laughs> after I say last question. What do we got? Uh, <laughs> Phil wants to know how it feels to have the kicker of the week. Uh, do I have the kicker of the week? <laughs> you do have the kicker of the week. player, he stinks. Well, you know, uh, I'll take my wins any way I can get them. I'd I'd actually like to bounce that question back to you. How does it feel to lose to the kicker of the week? 
Um, you know, it feels not great. Um, not great. I, I will say that, as I mentioned in the chat, uh, fuck Rye's power rankings and fuck Rye for bitching about my two backup running backs because they were the best players on my team other than Russ, um, you know, with 21 listen, points listen, apiece. So. All, uh, as Kamish, I got to say, we do not censor the media in this league. So all the hate on Rye's power rankings, I mean, are they clearly biased towards his own team? Yes. I mean, is there a conflict of interest that the guy doing the power rankings is, is a member of the league and continues to put his team in the upper half? Yeah, obviously. But we will not censor the media in this league, even if they don't have any credibility. <laughs> don't don't lump the whole media into this. Uh, <laughs> don't lump the – I think that you, you shouldn't you – sh, you know, rise separate from the rest of the media. Fake news um, exists everywhere. We must overcome the power rankings. If they're fake news, you know, who's to say, but all right, well, my my sister is yelling in the background. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, thanks for being on the podcast and answering these questions. Um, Anytime. Thanks for having me. Happy to come on and answer any questions that the league has. All right. Well, we'll, we'll do this again. Uh, Let's, we'll end this segment and get into the uh, next section with the picks of the week. All right. Sounds good. All right. Yo. Yo, back again. What up, guys? Seth and E. What have up, you guys man? on here? Glad to, glad to have you on here for a, a new segment. We'll do as uh, as able and as necessary. Um, do a pick of the week for, the, for all the degenerate gamblers out there. So, I don't know. How do you guys want to do this? So we, we talked about, I think we're going to do uh, a couple picks just against the spread, um, a couple that are fit up, fit well for teasers, and then uh, underdog of the week. All right. I like it. So you tell me where you want to start. Um, let's start with picks against the spread. All right. So I think uh, E and I are both on the same page in terms of our favorite pick against the spread this week being the Colts at minus two and a half right now. Uh, this is probably one that's going to jump up over that key number of three as the week goes on and some money gets put on them. So uh, against the Lions, who had a lucky win last week, Colts coming off a bye. It's only a minus two and a half right now. We think that's one you want to hammer if you can. Hammer it. <laughs> uh, e, you want to give the next one? Yeah. Uh, we also like the Chargers against Denver. Um, Chargers, Herbert be looking good. Uh, Denver has a tough time scoring, except their D-line's pretty good, but the Chargers just have a lot more firepower, only minus three points. We'll take them by a field goal. Okay, I like that. I like the um, I like the Steelers plus three and a half. I think that uh, they're up against the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens have really proven themselves against a really good team. I think the Steelers are a really good team, so that was one that I, I like. That's, that's there. great. We're, we're with yeah. you on that one. Uh, we actually – that that fits well into our next segment. I, I personally do like them at plus three and a half. Again, the key, the key numbers for those uh, amateur DGENs out there are three and seven. Uh, Cause and you know, that's the field goal and the touchdown number. You want to Steelers at plus three and a half. They can lose by a field goal and you still win the bet. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a in, a, in a tough, likely to be close, uh, closely contested divisional game. there. getting that extra half, getting them at three and a half is a great bet, but it does, segue good into our teaser section because we also love them as a teaser getting them up to nine and a half with a classic six point teaser or if you want to stretch it to six and a half or seven you can get them over the ten 
Um, so that's a good one for a teaser. Along Tennessee's with... a good teaser there at minus six against Burrow and the Bengals. That their defense stinks. Tannehill's going to throw all up and down their ass. So one of our strategies is just getting teams favored around six, seven points, teasing them down. So it's basically just a pick them. So the mm-hmm. Titans against the trash ass Bengals, who have really been competitive all year, but yeah. just can't lose games. And the Titans are coming off a rough loss to the Steelers. You think they're going to bounce back? So really like the Titans in a tease. Uh, also, uh, surprising to hear from me, but I love the Eagles in a tease this week, going down from minus Go seven burn. and a half down to minus one and a half against the Cowboys, who are just awful they right now. Stink. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a good tease. Um, although I just, I don't know, something about that game, that and the Niners-Seahawks game, I just didn't want to touch either of them uh, in, in a tease. I thought that, like, they just, neither, none of those teams, like, the Seahawks, Seahawks fill me with confidence, but the Niners, I just feel like they could do better than uh, expected. So teasing them up, I think they're yeah. plus I like plus the something. plus nine. This, this I, I don't know anybody out. It's always a close game. Like I know, but the Niners will be the team that, like, you know, they'll fuck the teaser up. So yeah, uh, I don't it's know. a divisional game. It could be tough, you know. But the Seahawks come. If I'm making a pick on that game, I'm I'm just taking the Seahawks money line in a parlay, yeah, or yeah, or I'm doing the minus three uh, for the yeah. Seahawks and just betting on Ross to have a good bounce back after a tough loss last week. Yeah. So I, I like I like those. I like the. Um, Teasing the the Titans to a pick'em, uh, Vegas plus eight and a half, Lions plus eight and a half, and the Falcons plus eight and a half. Yep, um, and your your boys, uh, Chris, the Packers are in a good spot for a yeah. I put well to a pick'em. Yeah, I I put money on their the on Vegas their money line. I thought their minus six and a half money line was uh was a good bet. You know, it's it's tough because uh you know the Vikings of course are coming off a bye. Um, it's a divisional game. The yeah. one o'clock, so Kirk Cousins doesn't have to have the primetime shits that he usually does. Uh, so it's you know it's a it's a it could be a kind of a trap for the Packers here, uh, but I, I like them just to win outright if you can get them down to a pick them and a tease. And mm-hmm. our, let's get into dog of the week here. Uh, I think we like the Raiders as a dog of the week if you're picking yeah. picking a dog outright here. The Browns are really kind of fraudulent. They just lost Odell. They have their moments where they look good, but then they look like trash the next time you look. So we really yeah. like this Raiders team that's really competed pretty well against some of the better teams in the league. They beat the Chiefs, obviously. They have some firepower. And uh, Cleveland doesn't really play well from behind, typically. So we like we like that Raiders team. at plus Right now it's plus 126. Yeah. Yeah, I like can, that. If you can buy a half a point and get them to plus three, that's a pretty good play. I think, you know, you want to go with the value with the money line, but plus three is pretty good too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a good, uh, good bet there. You always All right, guys. to lose by a field goal. Anything, anything to leave us with? No, uh, just, uh, you know, get those slips in early, you know, get those bets in early. Don't let Big the... teaser week. Big, big teaser week. Lots of teasers out there. Uh, easy to fall in love with them. They can be tough sometimes, but I think it's a good week. The numbers are set up for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Best luck, everybody. Best luck. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Make that money. You got it. All right. So we had Seth and E on there for some picks. We had the commissioner on there for a Q&A. And now let's get into the weekly breakdown. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about what segment we're going to do. And we are going to do 
who would have lost to Phil's top three receivers? So looking at Phil's top three receivers, he had, and also the high score of the week, 209 points. He had uh, Devontae Adams, hail to Packers, uh, go off for 44.60 points. A.J. Brown have 27.3 points. And uh, league record high score, Tyler Lockett for 53 points, much to the disappointment of any DK Metcalf owner, myself included. Um, so that gives him a uh, his wide receivers, a total score of 124.9. So let's start off with Phil and D speed, uh, the cream of the crop versus chef boy or speed. Um, Phil won this one, 209.68 to 135.12. D speed didn't put up a bad score, but Phil 209 points. I mean, second highest score in league history, uh, on the back of Tyler Lockett, who had 15 receptions for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and Devonte Adams, who had 13 receptions for 196 yards and two touchdowns. It, it just a performance like that. You just, it, it's D speed just can't beat it. And then speed fell to one and six there on this game. That's, you know, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Um, Phil started a lineup that was 99% of his perfect lineup. I think that if he would have started um, Tannehill over uh, Josh Allen, he would have gotten a couple extra points, but it doesn't matter. Um, there was nothing DSP was going to do to beat this beat this performance, uh, no matter what he started on his on his bench. Um, he did have a decent performances across the board, though. Matt Ryan, D- David Johnson, Todd Gurley, they all put up good numbers. Tyree Kill, uh, Robbie Woods only put up 4.5 points. Uh, Cole Beasley had 22 points. Even his bench bench did well. So um, it, it's not his fault here. This is just a tough matchup against uh, a good team. And Phil, Phil improved to 4-3. and three. Um, Next matchup we'll go against, we'll go up over, is Billy O's versus the People's Champ. The People's Champ won this one 170.84 to 140. 14.06 and that is right we have our first team that would have lost to phil's three wide receivers uh matt would have lost billy o's team would have lost 114.06 to 124.9 um jaron's team put up good numbers uh pat mahomes and clyde edwards alaire deandre swift debos um debo samuel they all put up serviceable numbers you know in the 12 to uh, 15 point range uh scary terry had 22 points and james robinson had 31 points, uh, 119 yards rushing, a touchdown, two-point conversion, 18 yards receiving, a touchdown. Tyler Boyd had 27 points. Um, so, And Chiefs defense had 26 points. So um, Pat Mahomes really didn't do too much. He didn't have to do too much in a 43-16 victory over Denver. Um, you know, but, yeah, so Jaron walked away with that one, improved to 5-2. and two. Uh, Billy O's dropped to 3-4. and four. Uh, Deshaun Watson had a good game for him. James White and Devontae Freeman both had a horrendous game, 1.3 points and 0.8 points, um, which contributed strongly to his loss. Saints only had one point on defense. Uh, nothing that he was going to do would have won this game, although Christian Kirk did have a great game, 20.7 points on his bench. Probably would have been better to start him um, in a shootout with Seattle than, uh, you know, um, I don't know. Well, actually, all of his receivers did good. He just needs uh, running back help, and I feel that. Uh, next game we'll go over, Hungry Dogs versus Stone Cold Free Austin, Freeze Austin. Uh, Stone Cold Freeze Austin lost this one um, 146.5 to 101.16, uh, dropping to 3-4. and four. Hungry Dogs improved to 5-2. and two. Um, Stone Cold Freeze Austin would have also lost to Billy O's team um, by 23 points. Um, you know, so – uh, sucks to suck. Uh, McKinnon only had negative 0.1 points. <laughs> only had, um, and uh, you know, Michael Gallup had zero points. So, which is, 
I mean, Dallas is going to be in a rough way now for a little while. I don't know who's going to score. Amari Cooper is probably the only one to reliably put up wide receiver two, maybe three numbers. Um, but Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, uh, Cedric Wilson, all these guys, they're not they are not going to put up numbers like they were uh, to start the year. Um, and that's going to hurt, hurt some of our teams pretty significantly. Uh, for Hungry Dogs, Kyler Murray had 37 points and DeAndre Hopkins had 23 points. Um, that was a great game between the Cardinals and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. He knew that was going to be a shootout. He knew those teams were going to uh, put up put up some numbers. Players from those teams were going to put up some numbers. Tom Brady actually had a great game on Rise Bench, Hungry Dogs Bench, 33 completions for 369 yards and four touchdowns, and a one-yard rushing touchdown. Um, Justin Herbert on Nikki's bench, uh, 27 completions for 347 yards and three touchdowns, nine carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. Uh had 10 more points than Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz had a good game. He had 25 completions for 359 yards and two touchdowns and also had a, had a rushing touchdown. I think that the, um, you know, Carson Wentz's trash talk is uh, overrated. I don't think that he's having a career year, but I think that he's going to, he can win them games. Um, you know, and I, I think that he's not going to hurt you from a fantasy perspective. That's for sure. Uh, it's not like you're starting Joe fucking Flacco out there uh, and his trash ass or, or Cam Newton. I started him in one league. He had like two points or something like that. Fucking stupid. Um, on to our matchup of the week. We had Can You Digs It Sucka versus Judge Judy. Um, Ted from Ohio or Ted from Oklahoma is in shambles after the piss poor performance from Judge Judy, who put up 96 points against can you digs it suck his piss poor performance of 108 points guys this was an atrocious game uh neither team played well um both managers just have to be wondering what the fuck happened uh one of the managers can you digs it suck has faced very little competition throughout the season every time teams play him i don't know if they get weak or what but they're just not putting up numbers against him uh, allowing him to squeak squeak out victories by you know slim margins with himself low, scoring lowly or scoring a low amount of points um but regardless uh can you digs it suck improved to five and two um Judge Judy dropped to three and four. Both of those teams would have lost to Phil's three wide receivers. Um, Kenyu Diggs and Sucka did get a nice boost from getting Alvin Kamara back, had 83 yards and eight catches for 65 yards, had a nice stack with Drew Brees, who had uh, 29 completions for 287 yards and two touchdowns um, and a, a two-yard rushing touchdown. He also did fumble at once. Uh, so, you know, that that helped him out. Um, helped Josh out. Kenyu Diggs and Sucka out quite a bit. C.D. Lamb and, uh, had 0.1 points again. Yeah, there's just not going to be any consistency there. Um, and that was after, you know, a couple of weeks ago, CD Lamb had phenomenal games, um, had phenomenal, uh, put up crazy points with Dak Prescott. But when you have Andy Dalton and then whoever the fuck throwing to you, you're not going to do it. Um, Chase Claypool for uh, Judge Judy had minus 0.2 points. Um, I don't know what's going on with Steelers right receiver core. It's hard to read them. Deontay Johnson's a beast. Juju's a great receiver. I, I don't know what's going on there. But um, he had Kareem Hunt had a good game, 19 points. Uh, it doesn't look like anybody else had super impressive. Odell Beckham's out for the season. You hate to see it. Antonio Gibson on uh, East bench, on uh, Judge Judy's bench, had 18.8 points. 128 yards carried, or yards rushing and a touchdown. That's a, that's a good game. Up next, we have yours truly, Joe Burrow, Tiger King versus Commissioner Mac Daddy. Um, I lost this one 130.4 to to 149.22. Both of us, I mean, like I I wasn't disappointed in my team's performance. I didn't expect to win. I had two backup running backs, as Rye pointed out in power rankings. 
Um, both my running backs, though, did great. Chase Edmonds, who looks like he's going to be the starter now, he had five carries for 58 yards and seven receptions for 87 yards. And Jamal Williams had 19 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. Both had 21 points. Russell Wilson, uh, a.k.a. Jameis Light, had uh, 32 points. Um, you know, so I, don't, I wasn't unhappy with my team. I just – two of my receivers – well, four of my receivers didn't really do too much. Um, and it wasn't like, I mean, Curtis Samuel, I could have started and I probably would have had a much, I, I probably would have won if I would have started Curtis Samuel. Um, no, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't need to start Curtis Samuel and, um, Malcolm Brown over somebody, but I wasn't doing that. That was just not in the game plan. Um, but Seth had a good game. Aaron Rodgers, you know, Green Bay's killing it. He had 23 completions for 283 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Zeke, who should be um, fantasy proof or quarterback proof in fantasy, he didn't put up much. He had 45 yards rushing. Um, Amari Cooper, like I said, one of the only fantasy safe receivers on that team had seven receptions for 80 yards. Julio Jones had 17 points. DJ Moore, 25.3 points. Oh, I mean, and where he really beat me was the kicker and the defense. Both of them had 15 points, and my kicker and defense had three and seven. So 30 versus 10 between those two. Um, of course, he's going to win. So that is the weekly analysis. We had some good games this week, some not so good. Looking at you, can you dig some second Judge Judy um, at rankings at the end of this week of this slate of games? Um, standings, not power rankings, which we will get to in a moment. Standings, People's Champ at number one with five and two. Uh, Hungry Dogs, number two, five and two. Can you dig Zasuka, number three, five and two. Can you dig Zasuka has scored more than 130 points, more than 140 points less than the number two team and more than 2,000 points, more than 2,100 points less than the number three team. More than, no, not 2,000, 200 and um, 200 points less than the number three team. Uh, it's fraud, fraud. Cream, cream of the cop, cream of the crop at number four is four and three has a fifteen or one hundred and fifty more points than uh, Kenny Diggs a sucker. Um, I'm number five, three and four. Uh, Judge Judy's number six, three and four. Commissioner McDaddy, number seven, three and four. Stone Cold Freeze Austin, number eight, three and four. Billy O's, number nine, three and four. And rounding out the league at number ten is Chef Boy R Speed at an abysmal, abysmal. One and six, but D speed. I've been there. I know what it's like. You will come out of this stronger, probably. Um, all right, so let's dig into these power rankings. Okay, it's Ryan here, owner of the Hungry Dogs, back with your weekly power rankings. Tonight, we're going to be cracking open a beer called Constant Disappointment. It reminds me a lot of Judge Judy's team. And uh, as usual, here's to uh, cheers with some beers. May our penises always be hotter than our lives. We're going to dive right into it. Uh, number one, we got cream of the crop. Cream of the crop will always rise to the top. Uh, this team, I don't really know if they need any running backs when your wide receiver core combines for almost 137 points. Pretty impressive. Uh, this team just set the second all-time highest league score. Uh, the first place goes to the people's champ. Um, but the cream of the crop now has three of the top ten weekly all-time high scores. Uh, and the people's champ and Judge Judy uh, each have two of the top ten. Also pretty impressive. Uh, if and when this team has some healthy running backs, uh, it could be deadly. 
Number two, we got the People's Champ. Uh, I understand this is a dynasty league, but as a contending team, I'm not really sure why you just traded away the top running back uh, and scorer on the year, but to each their own. Uh, you might regret that if you don't win the ship this year. I guess we'll find out soon enough. Either way, the team still put up a solid 170 points and sits in first place in power rankings, or in the uh, standings, rather. Uh, number three, uh, we got myself, the Hungry Dogs. Uh, it was a so-so performance, um, and now i got to head into week eight without Kyler Murray and D-Hop, who have been carrying the team thus far. I think a loss is probably in my near future. Number four, we got Can You Digs It Sucker. I mean, a win is a win. But this team is out here playing JV squads. Uh, it's, a, it's a rinse and repeat here. I mean, this they got the least uh, points against and only the – and they had the second least points for. If they – if and when they make it to the, to the playoffs, uh, it's going to be an – Easy, easy win for whoever has to go up against this team. Uh, the team just just did reacquire Alvin Kamara, which uh, could help bolster their starting squad. Still don't know what's going on with Mike Thomas. I think he's just hanging out, doing nothing. Uh, but the team did just barely break 100, even with Kamara in their lineup. So don't know how much it's going to help. Uh, number five, we got Commissioner Mac Daddy. Uh, this team just beat the Tiger King, so naturally they're going to be ahead of them in the power rankings. Um, we got Julio and DJ Moore looking like they're starting to heat up a little bit. But now we got uh, Zeke Elliott and Mari Cooper probably going down with the dumpster fire that's known as the Dallas Cowgirls. I don't really know just how bad they're going to get, but every week they seem to get worse. So hopefully those two can stay afloat out of that mess. Uh, number six, we got Joe Burrow, Tiger King. Uh, guess I am going to have to eat my own words here after I called out his backup running backs not being starters, and then they went combined for 40-plus points. Uh, still I'm going to stand by it. I don't think it's a long-term solution. But it looks like Williams and Edmonds will be solid starts for probably another week or two. So they can keep, keep this team going until they get their Chubster back. Uh, number seven, we got Judge Judy. Well, 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 this team didn't even break 100 this week. I know they had a loss in OBJ, pulling out for the homie. I don't know uh, just how much... That was really helping him. I think OBJ really only had like two good games this year so far. So I don't think it was a huge impact. Uh, but now he's got Dalvin Cook should be coming back soon, which will help. Let's see if that can get him on the rebound after putting up a very, very poor performance. Number eight, we got Chef Boyar Speed. Uh, every week, same story with this team. They just can't catch a break. Uh, they would have beaten, um, you know, half the league this week, uh, and they continue to have this th the toughest schedule in the year. Uh, this team is definitely better than the record shows, and uh, they can upset any given week. They're just getting the shit uh, luck of a run here. Number nine, we got Stone Cold Freeze Austin. 
Now, remember when we had Can You Dig the Sucker peddling uh, how peddling the bullshit of how Mike Evans puts up 40 points every week. Anyone else remember that? Because, uh, yeah, that's a load of horse shit. Evans has had back-to-back weeks of sub-10-point performances. Not good, not good performance. Now they got A.B. mixing in. I don't know. Could could be a not-so-good year for Evans. But still a solid dynasty asset, nonetheless. And, hey, I mean, Wentz is starting to look a little better, so go, Birds. And coming in at number 10, we got Billy O's. Glad Matty Ice is listening to the Panther Optional podcast. Hope Callie is treating you better than your fantasy squad this year. Uh, overall, not a good performance from Billy O's. And so to recap, we got Cream of the Crop 1, People's Champ 2, Hungry Dogs 3, Can You Dig the Sucker 4, Commission Mac Daddy 5, Joe Burrow Tiger King 6, Judge Judy 7, Chef Boyer Speed 8, uh, Stone Cold Freeze Austin 9, and Billy O's 10. And that would be a wrap on the power rankings heading into week 8. I hope all you fuckers have a good Halloween weekend. Cheers. Okay, and there you have it, the power rankings and uh, the rest of the episode. Uh, before we leave you uh, and in preparation of the weekend, I know that people have been worried about Ted from Oklahoma after Judge Judy's piss-poor performance last week, so we do have some words from Ted to end our episode. Uh, I look forward to the shit talk the rest of the week, and let's hear from Ted. Hi, it's Ted from Oklahoma. Long-time listener. I believe it's a uh, four-time caller now in Teddy Poop times. Uh, I ain't going to kill myself, okay? I thought about it quite a bit here. As you know, Judge Judy done suffered a horrific, embarrassing defeat to the fraud known as Can You Digs It Sucker. Sidebar, that dude's still a fraud. I don't care what you say. Even though he won this week, he only scored like 120 points. He ain't that impressive. I don't give a fuck what he says, okay? He's fake news, and he will be exposed eventually. But Judge Judy, you know, he scored the fewest points in the Panther Optional League this week. Didn't even break 100. So obviously I thought about killing myself. I googled all the best ways to do it. Found myself doing a little bit of that uh, auto-erotic aspirexiating in my bedroom. Then my mama barged in. She said, Ted, cheer up, buddy. Just Judge Judy done lost. Doesn't mean he can't come back and win next week. But I was like, Mama, I'm really starting to get worried that Dak Prescott ain't going to come back this season. She's like, well, son, he done broke his fucking ankle, man. The bone was sticking out the side. What do you expect? Said, Mama, he's a goddamn cowboy. Better get the fuck back out there if they want to win some games. Look what they're doing. They're getting ass whooped. <sighs> she said, listen, just because they ain't got Dak Prescott no more, and Odell Beckham Jr. done be trying to tackle people, even though it ain't even look like he was trying to tackle people, and he done tore his ACL, and now he's out for the whole fucking season, too. Doesn't mean Judge Judy ain't gonna win some games here. Dude's got a lot of firepower. I'm like, you know what? You right, mama. Finished masturbating, went out, she made me a sandwich, we had a good old talk. And at the end of the day, I decided that I ain't gonna kill myself, because as a wise man once said, I get knocked down, but I'll get up again. You ain't never gonna keep me down. Judge Judy, gonna be back next week. The freight train still on the tracks.
It may slow down a little bit, but it ain't been derailed. Watch out, PAO, because at the end of the season, Judge Judy going to get that strap. Good day.